We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Today's guest is Chad Burmeister. Chad is a believer and a husband. He's father of two teenagers and a lifelong rebel and rule breaker. He empowers sales professionals to become the best version of themselves by focusing on their mindset, skill set, and their tool set. Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Always been a rule breaker since I was a little kid and I've never been able to give it up nearly 50 years. Uh, I'll be 50 in about three years from now. So I'm still trying to comply, but uh, uh, we'll get there someday. (laughs) I'm sure breaking the rules has uh, had many successes for you, I'd imagine. It does. I think a lot of people, uh, including my son, who's an engineer or a future engineer, just going into college, a lot of people tend to be rule followers and it's hard to break the box and achieve successes, uh, for at least for me by following directions. So I definitely have found rule breaking has had its benefits. (laughs) Well, well, let's talk about sales a little bit. Um, specifically AI for sales. What is that and how does it help or hurt that relationship when it comes to conducting business? Yeah, it it's an accelerator. So AI for sales stands for artificial intelligence in sales. I, in fact, wrote the book called AI for Sales, How Artificial Intelligence is Changing Sales. Uh, put that out at the end of 2019. And there's already been more than 5,000 copies sold. So it's a, it's a hot topic as, you know, as people use their Alexa device to order, uh, order food and groceries. And then, you know, all kinds of AI is coming out. I think a lot of people don't realize they're using AI in a lot of cases, um, but it's becoming more and more prevalent. So it can help or hurt your relationships. I'll give you an example. If you use an AI bot, let's say, to connect with people on LinkedIn and social media, if you program that bot to be extremely cheesy, non-heartfelt, and all you care about is yourself, then you know, and let's say you move from five or six requests a day to connect with people up to 50. Well, now you're 10xing the amount of uh, insincerity, right? Whereas if you're someone like Nick Cavuto, who I've partnered with on the marketing side, he sends out a message that starts with a clapping symbol, an emoji, and it says, hey, I've looked at your profile. You look like a really interesting person. I'd love to truly and sincerely get to know you smiley face, right? Nick Cavuto. And that's it. It's kind of the mystery messages is what I've turned that in the past. And then when they come back and they're like, oh, this is the most unique. Oh, and by the way, he says, I hate those awful uh, canned introductions. He kind of (laughs) throws that under the bus, right? Makes it really feel human. 
Then when he gets a reply, he'll go in on his LinkedIn and he'll do a video and he'll go, Hey, I'm Nick. I'm sitting at the fire pit or I'm up in the mountain skiing or whatever it is he's doing. He'll reply back. So it can accelerate trust and social capital, or it can completely rip it apart. And you just have to be careful and learn from other people who use the technology in an effective and efficient way. Interesting. Um, that is interesting. So how, what are some ways that you use it to connect more deeply with others? Well, the yeah, revenue equals frequency times competency is what a mentor of mine taught me 20 years ago, Skip Miller, who's been sales training sales and sales leaders for so long. And so the frequency part is easy. Um, do more, <laughs> more emails, more voicemails, more calls, etc. The competency part, it doesn't it takes a while. So for me, early in my sales career, 25 years ago, I didn't have the competency yet, right? I'd never been through any sales training. And so AI can accelerate the pace at which you connect with people through all the different channels. And it's important that as you go, that you're investing an equal amount of time in understanding what it is you're saying and how you're connecting with people. So I think what happens is, that AI puts more of a stress on the human to human relationship than has typically been there from a sales capacity perspective. So interesting times that we're entering in today's day and age. So the automated connections on LinkedIn, at least the ones that I can tell, I find really annoying. Um, But what you're saying really is you have to have a strong message that's extremely personal, or at least looks like it. Big time. Um, it's at the end of the day, whether I physically type a message one-to-one or I do one-to-many, it's still a string of zeros and ones, right? It's an email, it's a LinkedIn connection request, it's a LinkedIn follow-up. If, if you have high EQ, which by the way, I find my wife and daughter tend to have more EQ than my son and myself. Gotcha. So I think EQ starts to beat IQ in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. And so would you rather have someone with high EQ write the message or someone fresh out of college that's never really had experience communicating on a B2B type of a platform? Um, we're finding it's better to leverage someone who has the EQ piece of the equation help you write the email message, the social connection. Um, And where it's going is there's tools like Codebreaker Technologies, which is they have a thing called bank code. They can log into your LinkedIn account, click a button, and in under three seconds, tell you what your DNA makeup is and what your communication and buying style. Are you action oriented? Are you knowledge? Are you blueprint? You know, there's a different, uh, different letter stands for each different word in the, you know, and what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So imagine a world where you send an email to a list of people and depending on that list, it'll change the message based on who the buyer is and their buyer personality type. It'd be very hard for humans to actually get their arms around the different variations of people where AI can actually start to do those human to human connections in a much better way at scale. 
Oh man, you've totally piqued my curiosity here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now I need to go look yours up while we're talking. I'll get that in the next two minutes. (laughs) I I remember using a software. Was it called Crystal? Crystal Nose, I think that. Yeah. Yeah. um, Is that the one you're talking about? Um, No, Crystal Nose is an early version. They rely on Disk. Disk is a 40 year old. It's still extremely reliable and it's better than not having anything. Um, but there's newer processes or newer philosophies that'll map even better to the personality. And in this case, this bank code is more of your buying personality type uh, as opposed to just your personality type. Oh, wow. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy at the same time. But yeah, from, yeah. as a marketer, <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Well, and that's yeah. what I'm working with them on is saying, hey, this is really cool. But if we could go give you a list of a thousand people and you could tell me their bank code, and then I create an email to code one, two, three, or four. And by the way, there's may, way more variations because sure. you could be K-N-A-B, B-A-N-K, you know, all the, I don't know, it's probably four times four, 16, or is it more than that? <laughs> sure. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 The 16. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. okay. Kind of reminds me of Myers-Briggs cause there's four there four four letters four you know, options, whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're very similar. So I just okay. clicked yours and you are NBKA. Okay. What does that According mean? According to the uh, technology. <laughs> so let me go view report. And what does that mean? Let's see if this actually maps to your code. People with NK are primarily kind, generous, and diplomatic people who follow systems to reduce risks, and they typically put others first. Hmm. I like the sound of that. <laughs> they dislike inauthentic or fake people. Oh, for sure. Boom, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> You need interaction with people, groups, and teams. You see deeper meaning beyond material possessions. Um, And there's about six or eight others. You believe in the greater good of people. Cool. Wow. Yeah, that's really neat. So that's where I'm, you know, that's where I think AI, if done wrong and put in the wrong hands, can be used for bad. And I think 2020 is a good example of that. I think that there's probably a lot of, politics that are politicians who are using AI and it's telling them to do certain things based on the potential outcomes. And, and we've seen where that gets us. (laughs) So be careful with how you leverage the AI or it can get you into deep doo-doo. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, I mean, risk reward, it goes both ways for sure. Yeah. Really, really fascinating. Um, So what's, What's the vision for your life for the next five years, 10, 15, 20 years or so? Yeah. Um, you know, the first, I feel like I'm on hole nine on the golf course. So the good news is I've got another nine to go. And the great news is the first nine were amazing. So now it's, it's what do you do next? And how do you impact the greatest number of people? My grandparents were big in the church and they did a lot of one-on-one kind of meetings with people and they would give, 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 you know, all the way up to the end. And and I so respected and appreciated that. I've been given the gift of running a business and motivating and leading very large teams. So what came to me over the course of the last just couple of months, we're going to write a book called God-Centered Selling. 
and uh, and then God-centered company and God-centered leadership. And it's not a book on how to sell. It's a book, and and it's not a book on necessarily how to be a good uh, follower of God. (laughs) It's how do you put those two things together and and make ethical and you know be a good person kind of decisions when it comes to all aspects. Sure. So we want to put the book together first, and then hold executive retreats at a mountain house probably in Beaver Creek, Colorado. We're still debating on the location, but we want to start bringing ethics and spirituality into companies where traditionally, I feel like until the year 2020, that was kind of a faux pas. <laughs> you, know, you just don't do that. And nowadays, uh, between me and a handful of folks that I work with, we've just said, you know what, now is as good a time as any and uh, and that's what we're working on how to how to be good people and influence others in a positive way. I love it. Any sort of positivity, like you said, now, <laughs> now <laughs> for sure. But um, encouraging, motivating, inspiring positivity is is what we definitely need in this world. So yeah, awesome. more meaning, right? I mean, uh-huh. as as AI rolls out, it's it scares me, and it's exciting at the same time. Slight variations in the code. Whoever writes the code gets to play God. And you're like, wow, that's really a challenging thing. Like if it, if it reads a resume and you say here, the good news is maybe it doesn't read the first line, Chad Burmeister, Melissa, oh, male, female. Okay. Let's make that debate in our head. Uh, Hector Gonzalez, um, James Smith, um, you know, frontline managers right out of college have been brought up in a way that they think and act and behave and make decisions. AI can look at it and go, oh, this one's an 87, this one's 92, based on the words that are on the page. Perfect, right? But then you say, okay, what if they use a word? I actually had a good call with this diversity expert out of Philadelphia who who helps bring companies in town. And he goes, okay, that's cool. I like where you're going. What if the word ain't is used? in the, in their sentence. And that was, <laughs> was kind of a gotcha. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, so think of the programmers. It's just like the constitution of the United States who built the constitution, who frames the AI framework. And so you're going to need an ethics committee, a chief ethics officer. And I think it's going to go far to one side where it's not good out of the gate until sure. people start realizing, oh, shoot, we need to have people that keep an eye on this technology. Yeah, totally. Um, that definitely, that's really interesting to dive into that. It's, it's like you said, it's scary what can happen, whoever's holding the keys to the cart to mm-hmm. some extent. Um, Which to me is why the spirituality and God comes back to the center because if you leave it in the hands of people, we suck. <laughs> make decisions for ourselves unless you're a nurturing type like yourself then i'd rather have you be the uh on the ethics committee and a combination of of people who what do you what is the book of truth right what do you go by sure oh and that's that's where it's it's fun to be on the bleeding edge but it's also you know i've been doing this for two and a half years i've been to different conferences and events mainly from a sales side but when you hear the ethics panel, every single event has an ethics panel and your mind just gets blown when you walk out of those event halls. Oh, I believe that. I mean, what it, the, 
that popular show on uh, Netflix right now um, about social media, right? Yeah. It's happening yeah. in that space is, is huge and major, um, fascinating and disgusting <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah. Right. Where we are the product. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. It, makes, it makes perfect sense. But at the same time, when's Facebook 2.0 coming out? Cause I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We know it never knows, right? Something pops up and then it takes over and yeah. Yeah. Well, like the search, you know, there's a thing called duck, duck, go, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't optimize for the um, companies and you're not the product. It just uses a different algorithm. And so it's interesting if you search your name on duck, duck, go versus your name on Google, completely different results. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's... (laughs) We, that's a whole nother rabbit hole we can go down. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. that's I, right. I'm just going to stop myself there because I could talk search for hours. Um, but let's let's talk about networking because that's really the premise of the show here. So, Chad, can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking experiences that you've had? Yeah. You know, when we talk about leveraging social outreach and social automation, that's how we got connected. I have a virtual assistant that reaches out to about, I actually had to peel it back because I was reaching out to 50 people a day at first and about 50% of everyone I reach out to said, yeah, your podcast look, or you look like a good, a good guest. So, you know, typically I invite people to be on my show called AI for sales. And I was getting six, eight people a week who wanted to be on the show. And so we're recorded all the way through January now. (laughs) So, so. So Nick, my marketer said, you know, you're good at talking to people. Why don't you just reach out to podcast hosts and, and have conversations? So I I literally just started this effort maybe six weeks ago and I've already been on at least two dozen different podcasts. So talk about a way to network. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great way to, to network, build relationships, meet new people, um, get your message in front of someone else's established audience. Um, and yeah, it podcasting is awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Kudos for you to change it up too. Um, well, you've got a lot of really interesting things that are happening. You're definitely on the forefront of innovation and technology right now, for sure. So. Yeah, it's, I've always been that way though. If you do, there's another profile called wealth dynamics, and I think I paid $50 for that one and I'll do anything I can get my hands on. And, and that one, we were in a room of 16 other founders and CEOs, 15 out of 16 were considered creator is their very first trait. And then they had a backup trait. A mechanic was the backup. So you create something and then you have to be able to deliver it. But delivery as a creator is typically not our strong suit. Sure. Right. We like to build something and go, okay, hey, <laughs> we'll get it to 50, 60, 80%. And then you help me get it to the other 20. Yep. Right. And so then there was a handful of other people in the room and you could just get the sense for what lane do I belong in? And am I playing in the lane that I was built for? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it takes a lot of people their lifetime to figure that out. And with tools these days, man, you know, we did that with my son before he went to college and he was, in, he was intuitive about wanting to become an engineer. And 
so we took one of the online tests. I can't remember which one it was at the time, but it said top three jobs you could end up in. Engineering was number one. Nice. And it's like, oh, when, when, you know, when the AI tells you you're in the right uh, frame of mind in the right career, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's cool. So let's talk about nurturing your network. It's definitely important to maintain connections and, you know, doing that from an AI perspective versus, you know, that, that the manual process, I guess we'll say, (laughs) Um, how do you stay in front of and best nurture your, your community? Yeah, that's, it's always been important to me and it's been one of my strengths. So I'll have connections from five companies ago and I'll still stay in touch with them. So, you know, before all this pandemic hit, I was on the road quite a bit, at least one week a month, if not sometimes two. And one of the practices that I'll use is if I'm on a bus or a train going from place to place or an airplane, airplane's a little harder to make a phone call, but you get my drift, right? In the Avis rent-a-car, for example, I'll scroll through the phone and I'll go A down and then sometimes I'll go Z up. And this is the manual approach. And I'll just click, click, click. And I'll go, oh, I haven't talked to Steve in a long time. Click. And I'll just call and leave a message. Nice. And then catch up. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't necessarily proactively reach out to their network unless they need something. Right. And, and I don't like to be that guy. I like to keep tabs on what people are doing and totally and, and stay in touch. And, so, and yeah. I think even, you know, going back to today's current state with COVID, I think it is important to do that, not just from a professional standpoint, but personally too, just make sure that people are good from a mental, you know, sanity element. Yeah. It is important as well. Yeah. No doubt about it. It, from an automation perspective, uh, our company's been primarily focused on top of funnel demand gen for almost three years. And we're just starting to get some customers who say, hey, you know what? You've automated email and phone and social and all the different channels for outreach, even digital paid ads. And how can you help us automate more of our client success function, especially for our high velocity or high volume, low yielding customers, mm-hmm. right? So if you think 80-20 rule, 80% of your customers uh, make 20% of your revenue and vice versa, <laughs> you know, 20% of your top make 80% of the revenue. So how do you handle the, the bottom 80, let's say? Well, imagine if you could set it up and have an automated voicemail drop 90 days before a renewal. Hey, it's Sally, just checking in with you. It's been a little while. Um, I know your renewal's coming up here on January the 1st, right? And you could you can automate that. Where it gets really interesting is you can actually do videos in an automated fashion. <laughs> so imagine a Vidyard video or Loom are the two big ones. Mm-hmm. And you record 92% of it or whatever, 90%, 80% is the same across customers. So let's say it's a renewal of a, of this one product and all they bought is that one product. And yet your company offers six products. Mm -hmm. So you could, you could send out an email in an automated fashion. Hey, this is Chad. Um, See your, you know, your renewal is coming up on January 1st. I'd like to personally schedule a 20 minute walkthrough because I noticed you guys are using the social platform and we wanted to, further explore and see if you might benefit from the voicemail drops, the personalized videos, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And and then you could, 
drop in their name at the beginning or even a company name, you can mail, you can almost mail merge video segments into this video clip. And we've seen B2C companies do it. And we're starting to dabble in bringing that over into B2B world. Yeah. I mean, if you do that, there's some major opportunities out there. Yeah. B2B world. Yeah. And you know, you think about the client success side, what's your current renewal rate? Let's say it's a, you know, at at WebEx, 2005 to 2007, I worked there. We had a 2% quote unquote annual churn rate. Well, that was in the month you're in. You multiply that 2% times 12, we had a 24% annual churn rate across all our customers. If you could save the churn 1%, 2%, that has a massive, massive impact on top line and, and your valuation as a company. Totally. So I, I think by automating more of the check-ins and, and again, the automation is not to automate the conversation. It's to automate getting you into the conversation. Sure. Person to person. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's expediting it really yeah. is what it's doing. I mean, I, I guess it's no different than everyone using a calendar tool, you know, like Calendly or something, you know, instead of going back and forth with emails saying, when can we meet? You just, you're expediting that process. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember in winter park last year, I, I, I go to this massage place after a hard day of skiing um, almost every time I go up there. And last time I called the number and it says, and then it sent me a text while I was calling. It said, click here to book your time at this place. I was like, cool. So I clicked the button. Now it's got a list of 10 people that are the massage therapists and you can actually read about them. This one's prenatal. This person's really good with skiing. This one has good with shoulder. And you're like, oh, now I could personalize it. So it was actually a better experience. It cut the costs of their company dramatically because now they don't have to have one or two people full-time staffed at the front desk. And, and yet, and then I got a better, a better value because now I could say, oh, this is exactly the right person versus random chance. Mm-hmm. So awesome. technology cool. is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's go back to some networking questions. Um, so what advice would you offer the business professionals looking to grow their network? Um, LinkedIn's huge, but I would say it depends. I, there's a woman named Katie who spoke at the event I mentioned in Winter Park two weeks ago. She talked about Instagram and she helps mothers. I think her last name's Fleming, Katie Fleming. Mm -hmm. She helps mothers and women who have kids and work at home work fewer hours, like instead of 45 hours a week, 20 hours a week. And then make between six and seven figures. And so she showed us how to do a proper Instagram post where she literally walked around the living room. She recorded herself in a selfie and Instagram was able to chunk it down into 15 second bites. And then she typed over the top of it, the speech to text. And she did all this in under 10 minutes. And I was like, wow, just the way you do the message the network and and that's available on LinkedIn. They have a new thing called stories mm-hmm. or yep. Instagram has their approach. Uh, obviously Facebook has a different set of followers, but yep. use the social tools and, and pr- understand who you are as a person and don't be afraid to be authentic and vulnerable. You have to dig deep inside to figure out where your weak points are 
and then not be afraid to expose it because guess what? Everybody in the world is not perfect. And so you will find your audience the minute you say, you know what, when I was a kid, I wasn't sure. Mine was, I wasn't sure if my dad really loved me because he didn't go to my soccer games. He didn't go to my lacrosse games. He didn't go to my swim meets. I knew he loved my sister because he told her all the time, but he never told me. Right. And so that's kind of the, whoa, I had that problem with my mom or I had that problem with my dad. Wow. Now we have something in common. Then you can go into, then what I discovered is this, 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 and this. And it turns out (laughs) 40 years, 47 years later, I had the talk with them and shared this with them and he broke down in tears and we realized it was all just one big miscommunication. (laughs) So be vulnerable, be authentic and use the platforms to get your message out. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Those are definitely sound pieces of, of advice there. So Chad, if you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? I would have hired a coach earlier Mm -hmm. because it took me until about a year and a half ago to realize that a coach was essential. Mm -hmm. And it was when I was driving around a racetrack in a Ferrari in Southern California, and there was a coach or a professional driver in the front seat who was speaking in my ear, tell me when to speed up, when to shift. And I was like, wait a second, if you know how to drive a car, Think of the types of people that could help you with your finances or how to grow or how to do marketing or anything you can even think of. You can bring someone in that's an expert in that field. So now I have nine coaches a year and a half after I did that Ferrari racetrack drive. Love it. I think that's amazing advice. Um, I wasn't driving in a a race car, (laughs) but I had a similar epiphany as far as, you know, why am I doing all these things, trying to figure it out on my own when there's people I already have the skills and can coach me on crossing the finish line and achieving the goals. Yeah. And you, what's cool about it is that you don't even really have to spend a lot of money. I would call it a try and buy. Because guess what? If someone approached me and said, Chad, I've read, I've seen your books. You've done four or five. looks like you've coached hundreds, if not thousands of sellers. I wonder if I could ask your help. Here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Is there any way I could get 30 minutes on your calendar once a month just to throw spitball with you? I'm not going to say no. Mm -hmm. And guess what? That means hundreds, thousands of other CEOs, VPs, they'll say yes. There's paid coaches who do this for a living and they'll even, that's their job. They're like, look, I'll work with you for a handful of hours at no cost. Let's see if this is a good value. So try and buy, don't think that it's going to cost you thousands of dollars. Just go look around and there are people who want to meet with you and help you move to the next level of professionalism in your life. Totally. hundred percent. Love it. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to interview me. What's something you'd like to ask me? Well, social capital, obviously you've invested 255 episodes so far on this topic. Mm -hmm. Sure. (laughs) And so I assume there's two or three takeaways that are, if, if you told your 20 year old self and said, man, at episode one, if I just knew these three things, (laughs) What are, what are those for you that you've learned in the last 
255 episodes. Oh man, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> okay. So you spun my own question into a question for me while also combining some new takeaways. <laughs> I'm in the 401 class, Lori. We don't, we don't play 101 anymore. Graduate level here. Um, yeah. So I would say find a mentor a hundred percent, find someone that is, you know, we were talking about the coaching thing just a moment ago, but find someone that is, five, 10, 15 years ahead of where I want to be and, um, and build a relationship with that person so that I can, um, help have a smoother journey, I guess. <laughs> the other thing I would say is to continue to follow up with those relationships. I mean, when I was 20 years old, uh, LinkedIn was not a thing. There was no, you know, people were barely using email. Um, it was all about the phone numbers you had memorized <laughs> And, um, so if I could have actually invested time in building relationships with, you know, the professors I had in, in school and even my fellow classmates who were, you know, going, taking the same courses I was, so potentially going down the same or similar career paths, um, I think that would have been extremely important. And, um, I probably would have gotten involved in more organizations back then as well. Mm. Um, mm. and, and less time focusing on my own personal entertainment and focusing more on building some relationships and getting involved in the community and nonprofits and, um, even just some professional groups, uh, again, to find mentors and build some longstanding relationships. Yeah, that's awesome. Nick, who I mentioned earlier today is, uh, his famous quote, relationships are like a rocket ships. And I think it's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Great. All right. Uh, any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Well, I, I would, I was taught by Katie on that weekend trip <laughs> to, to give an offer. So what I would say the offer to you, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you said, I need to reach out to more people, I really feel compelled to help entrepreneurs and solopreneurs um, make it through these hard times, literally. Like traditionally we work with seven and $10,000 a month customers. And with our social tool, it's $500 a month. So it's much more attainable for me and you and anyone. <laughs> so, uh, so the offer would be a three month trial program. It's 2000 bucks, 500 set up, 500 a month. And if I don't get you a hundred replies from people that you want to be interacting with, then you get all your money back because I've just seen it work. So if you want to get on podcasts, perfect. We got a way we can help you get your word out and get on podcasts. If you want to get new customers and they are a certain target market, you build a report in LinkedIn, you build a message, you click the go button, set it and forget it. And you get a lot of inbound leads. So that that's really me giving back to the community um, and, and that's, you know, that would be my offer to anybody. So my email is just chat at scalex.ai, S-C-A-L-E-X.ai. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I'd leave you with. I'd also be happy to give you a copy of the book, AI for sales. We have the ebook version and there's no cost to that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who doesn't like a good free free book, right? Um, any other, I guess we'll include all that information in our show notes, um, your email. And if you want to share a link, uh, to the book or, um, 
any or any additional information on that offer definitely can include that in the show notes as well. Yeah, perfect. Well, I've really enjoyed having the conversation with you today, Lori. I think uh, your three takeaways and advice, if you're listening to this episode, like that's from the heart and it works. So everything that Lori just said, write it down on your whiteboard or on a notepad or type it on your phone. And if you just say, I'm going to go find a mentor, I'm going to join some more groups and I'm going to network with other people that are like-minded. If you do those three things, look out world because you can, you can really do a lot. I love how you paraphrased my, my long explanation. Nicely done there. Thank you so much. This is so fun, Chad. Uh, Really glad to have you on the show today. It's really great getting to talk with you, Lori. Thank you. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Chad for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, just join our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.